There's something about abandoned places that I love. I used to love walking through the bush when I was a kid and stumbling across an old log cutter's hut or an abandoned car or something that was not where it was meant to be. And uh, I was always intrigued by it. Um, often, if you've seen abandoned places like that, uh, they're run down, they're uh, broken. And on the outside, you sort of think that there's nothing particularly beautiful about it, but I guess the thing that attracts me to abandoned places is that they tell a story of what used to be there. Uh, I love looking at it in its present state, but then wondering who lived there? What was their life like? Uh, what occurred in this place? And we can see the story of what used to be. Now, abandoned buildings are one thing, but what about abandoned lives? What about the stories of people, people you know, maybe even yourself, where you've experienced rejection or abandonment? I think there are countless sources of pain in this life. Some of the worst varieties can't be managed with a bandage. Do you remember the old lie that we used to sing to ourselves in the playground? Sticks and stones may break our bones, but names will never hurt us. I guess maybe that was an attempt to build some type of resilience to try and help us let things go or to ignore bullies. But it did hurt, didn't it? Those names, those attitudes. I guess the old saying was true in one sense. I mean, the words that were spoken formed sound waves that travelled through the air and your ear received them, your brain interpreted them. Those sound waves don't hurt anyone, but the, the meaning that they carried, the, the attitude with which they were sent, those things hurt. The feelings of rejection or abandonment, they stick with you. I can re remember things that were said to me as a child or attitudes of friends or people in the playground, they hold on in our lives. Of all the sorrow that we may encounter in life, I think rejection and abandonment are unique in the pain that they inflict. I think one person I read recently said that that type of pain is the sort of pain that cuts deep. Here's how they described it. This kind of rejection, they said, is hard to carry. It is heavy and never leaves. There are days when I can think of him and remember special times together. Just the funny things that happen to us as a family. The things that are a part of our everyday history, but hold significance for our little tribe. Then there are the days that the heaviness is just so much, so hard to bear. 
Maybe you've experienced something of this pain already. Maybe you have felt the sting of having someone in your life walk away. Maybe it's a spouse or a a parent or a a child or a, a close friend. It hurts precisely because of who it is that is doing the walking away. I mean, we expect our enemies to treat us badly or to speak and act in ways that reflect the relationship that we have with them. But when it's someone that we are close to, it not only erodes our relationship with that person, but it also begins to chip away at the intimacy that we share with other people. We say, if that person abandoned me, then maybe other people in my life will as well. How do we carry this sort of pain? What should we do with the unique sorrows that comes with being rejected or abandoned? Well, this morning I want to suggest that we turn to Psalm 22 and we let the songwriter instruct us and the Holy Spirit to comfort us. I want to pray before we read. Lord, help us as we read your word to hear your voice, not just as words on a page or an academic exercise about lament, but that you would comfort us in our sorrows, draw near to those that have felt rejected and abandoned. Lord, speak to us, we pray, through Psalm 22. Amen. Let's read it together and then we'll reflect. I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible. Um, Follow along. Psalm 22 says this, For the choir director, according to the deer of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him save him. Let the Lord rescue him since he takes pleasure in him. It was you who brought me out of the womb, making me secure at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Don't be far from me because distress is near and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions, mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. 
My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers have closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves. And they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen. You answered me. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. I will give praise in the great assembly because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. That's God's word. Now, let's apply our four elements of lament to this psalm and see how it both gives voice to our sorrow, but also comfort to our hearts. Do you remember what the four elements were? One, turn to God. Two, bring our complaint. Number three, ask for help. And number four, choose to trust. So let's take them in turn. Firstly, turn to God. Go back and have a look at Psalm 22, just the first two verses. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning. My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. Right, these opening questions are usual of the lament, a turning to God in the midst of our distress. But remember, we aren't just here to identify common patterns in laments. We're here to echo the lament of the songwriter. There are two things that you can see in these two verses that have brought David, the songwriter, so low. First one is this. He feels abandoned. 
he really feels alone. And notice he feels alone firstly because he wonders where God is. And then he feels alone because he wonders where his friends are, where those that would normally be with him are. He feels utterly abandoned. But secondly, his lament starts out by saying, I feel like my words are falling on deaf ears. I feel like my prayers are getting no further than the ceiling, is maybe the expression we might sometimes say. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I wonder if you've ever felt alone, but also not heard. Maybe you've felt abandoned by friends, by loved ones, and then even by God. That he's not responding to your prayers, that he's not even listening to your prayers. That's the case then then we're invited as we read through Psalm 22 to to sit with David as he sings this song of lament. And I think that he has important things to teach us. So we, we turn to God with our lament. Second thing is this, we bring our complaint. Now this section goes from verses 3 all the way down to verse 18. This is where David pours out his complaints to God. It just starts by saying this, You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you. They trusted you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I'm a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind, despised by people, and it continues. Part of David's distress comes from the fact that he feels as though what other people have experienced of God's presence and God's goodness isn't what he is experiencing. You can see that in verses 3 through 5. He outlines there, listen, this is how other people have experienced you, God. This is what the people of old experienced. You answered them. But then in verses 6 through 8, he draws his attention back to himself and he says, but, but why haven't you answered me? You're doing something for other people, but... You don't seem to be doing it for me. That's his first complaint. Second complaint is this. David knows that God has a purpose for his life, but his present experiences don't line up with what he believes to be true. So on the one hand, David knows something about God, but as he looks at his experience, he says, how come my experience doesn't line up with that? Have a look at down At verse 9, he says, It was you who brought me out of the womb, making me secure at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Don't be far from me because distress is near and there's no one to help. 
So on the one hand, he says, listen, God, I know that you have been with me. I know that you have a purpose for me, but this is what I'm experiencing right now. And it hurts. I feel lonely. I feel abandoned. And then he goes on to explain that in the next section. David feels as though he's been abandoned. And instead of the people that should be supporting him, surrounding him, now he's surrounded by, he describes them as bulls and lions and dogs. And they all want his destruction. He feels as though he's wasting away the descriptions that he uses here about um, his strength being like baked clay. It's, it's, not a, it's not a picture of resilience and strength. It's, he's brittle. He's fading. His bones sticking out, he says. You can count them. He's got this image of, of just wasting away his strength, his fading. He has become a laughing stock, he says. Those that pass by him and see him and they, they mock him. They go, oh yeah, he's the guy that believed in God. He's the guy that held on to his faith. Let God, let God rescue him. Maybe they're the sorts of complaints you've brought to God. Maybe you've seen what you appears to be God at work in powerful ways in other people. And you, you look at your own life and you think, how come God's not doing that in my life? My prayers don't seem to get past the ceiling. I feel like I'm wasting away. Then you're in good company. David felt the same. Thousands of other believers throughout the years have felt the same at various times in their life. And they've called out, bring those complaints to God. But then... Boldly ask for help. That's the third element of a lament. Psalm 22 verses 19 down to verse 21 describe this. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen. You answered me. This cry for help is a cry of desperation for God to be near. Lord, come near to me. It's also an admission in verse 19 that the only strength that can be found is not the strength that I bring. It's not like I've just sort of got to cheer up a little bit or I've just got to be a bit stronger or if I've just got to have a more positive attitude. David says, you're my strength. You're the strength that I need. The only strength that can be found is the strength that is found in the Lord. I want you to notice that in these verses, in short passage, there's a reversal. Um, a reversal of the order of animals that were listed in the section that we just covered. In verses 12 through 16, we have bulls, then lions, and then dogs. But here in these verses, we have dogs, lions... And then bulls. God is reversing the order of David's sorrow. God is the great undoer, the one who rights wrongs, the one who brings beauty from ashes. The Lord is the one who makes dry bones stand up and march. 
He's the one who gives sight to the blind and breath to the buried. God is at work. And David calls out to him and says, God, I desperately need you to act. And then the fourth and final element, David chooses to trust. This is a profound proclamation of trust in the character and deliverance of God. It's found from verses 22 down to the end of the psalm. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. This is where David takes his experiences. He doesn't diminish them. He still feels abandoned. He still feels lonely. He feels rejected. He feels like he's wasting away. He's still surrounded, but he looks up and he says, but I know this is true about my God and I choose to trust. All that God is and all that God does is worth singing about. It's worth shouting about, right? Kingship belongs to the Lord. Future generations will be told of his goodness and power. And this is good news. In fact, it is such good news that we could call this gospel news. Because hidden in this psalm are insights into one of the darkest and yet most glorious moments in human history. There is the gospel in this lament. Maybe you've already seen the clues. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. You know what those words are? They're Hebrew. You know who said them? Well, David did. But someone else also did. A second David, a greater David. It's a Hebrew cry of despair that was yelled aloud on a dark Friday as an innocent man was put to death in the company of criminals just outside of Jerusalem. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That's right. In the moment of Jesus' deepest despair, he quotes the opening verse of Psalm 22. The opening line of David's song were the words that came to Jesus' lips. But it doesn't finish there. Because as Matthew records his gospel account, he can't help but be struck by the similarities between what was unfolding in Jesus' life at that moment with the song of lament that David gives in Psalm 22. Have a look at these similarities. Psalm 22 and verse 18. Have a look at it. They divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. That's from Psalm 22. Matthew 27 and verse 35 says this. After crucifying him, they divided his clothes by casting lots. 
Back in Psalm 22 and verse 7, everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. Matthew 27 and verse 39 says, those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads. Psalm 22 verse 8 says, He relies on the Lord. Let him save him. Let the Lord rescue him since he takes pleasure in him. That's the way those that mocked David were speaking. Matthew 27 verse 43 says, He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he takes pleasure in him. For he said, I'm the son of God. Those that stood in the shadow of the cross looking up at Jesus scorned and mocked him. Psalm 22 verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? And Matthew 27 and verse 46. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That's right. Jesus knows abandonment. Jesus knows rejection. Jesus knows the pain you felt a hundred times over and walk through all of it so that we might know the embrace of God rather than the voice of judgment, which says, depart from me. I never knew you. You see, from the seedbed of Psalm 22, there is a song of sorrow and lament, but it also is a song of hope. It comes from there and it grows to be a glorious fruit born of the gospel. New shoots spring up out of that old dead stump. And that's worth singing about. We know that the cross wasn't the end of the story. The darkness of the cross soon would become the bright dawn of the garden. And we would soon hear the voice of Jesus again saying, peace be with you. From out of that place of rejection and abandonment comes hope. The one who has walked through it before you draws especially close to those who feel the pain and the sorrow of lonely places. And he knows the tune of that lament. He is near you. He can be trusted I told you at the beginning of someone who had felt this pain. And this is how they closed their reflection as I was reading it. And they said, tonight I will take a deep breath. And although it still hurts, I choose to trust him. To trust that he has a plan and he will make a way. Because he has always been faithful in the past. And I know I can trust him for my future. He has made a way and they were right. You can trust him for your future. I want to finish by simply reading the last verses of this song of lament from Psalm 22. Verse 25. I will praise, I will give praise in the great assembly because of you. 
I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the ones who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. I know these days of loneliness where rejection and abandonment feel heavy. But there is one who has stood in this same place and he has conquered. We choose to trust him, the one who has overcome. And we will sing of his great name through generations to come. Lord, thank you that you draw close to the lonely. You draw close to the rejected and the abandoned, that you have experienced these same things. So Lord, right now, for whoever is listening, may you draw close to them in their living rooms or wherever they might be. Lord, that they would know even in the pain and the sorrow of their circumstances that there is one who stands with them, who understands their pain, who knows their sorrow, but the one who brings hope. Lord, we look to you. We turn to you. We bring our complaints to you. But Lord, we choose to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen.